Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Pubiet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a spectacular episode for you today with a wonderful guest, circus performer, Ian Jevnik joins the show. Ah, this was such a fun conversation. Ian is a professional diver and acrobat and has performed with several different circus companies, including time spent performing in far off places like China. And he had a long contract performing on a cruise ship. I always enjoyed chatting with circus performers and was blown away in listening to Ian on today's episode. He talks about how he first was inspired to audition as a high diver. Ian and I also discuss the mental acumen needed to perform stunts high above the ground. And finally, Ian dispels the rumor that people in the circus are just carnies. He goes on to describe the intricate details that go on behind the show and the meticulous planning that is needed to be a deft performer and how being with the circus is a career for many and for some even a family business. This was such a lovely conversation. I admire Ian's honesty, his carefree personality, and most importantly, I love his desire to live an atypical life. I love the fact that he started the conversation with chatting about how he didn't want to be part of the real world. And I admire his confidence in searching for opportunities to be different. Really, really fun conversation. Plain and simple, Ian was awesome. Thrilled for everyone to meet him. So let's go ahead and bring on professional diver and acrobat, Ian Jevnik, and let's learn. I mean, it's taken up so much of my life and I've given so much of my life to it that I, it's fun to talk about. It's something different. A lot of people don't really, they, they think it's fascinating in a lot of ways because they, they don't know how you get started and things like that. And they, they think generally, especially in this area, they, they just kind of envision you as a carny. And it's, especially nowadays, it's way more than that. Yeah. And way more involved. You told me before that you're not a huge sports guy. Naturally, I thought sports was the, what got you into what you're currently doing now. So what was it, if it wasn't sports, that got you into performing? Uh, directly, well, directly in, into performing itself, I didn't like the real world. And a real job, and I, I was doing that. I, so I, I finished, I, w- I was a diver all through high school, all through college. Um, not... I mean, I wasn't, I, I never made it to NCAAs, but I came close to qualifying. I, I was kind of an average, an average diver, but I just, I loved being in the water. I loved the sport. And then shortly after, or while I was still, per, while I was still diving, I had a, a teammate that he graduated a year earlier than me and he moved out to California, just off the seat of his pants, just trying to to live a different life in a, in a different city. And he got, he got recommended and asked if he wanted to do a diving show in China. And he went, he came back and I'm like, and he's telling me about it. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. you, you went to China for three months, you got paid and you were diving. I was like, sign me up. I was like, I'm absolutely. And then about that was in maybe 2011 2012 somewhere right around there and then the summer of 2013 i left to do it for three months and the first four weeks i hated it absolutely hated it it was my first time being 
international besides Niagara Falls, but that doesn't, I don't really consider that anything. And just the culture, the people, the food, everything was just a complete shock to me. And it was just a really, really rough adjustment. But once I kind of got through that and just started living and just enjoying everything day to day and exploring and being around the people that I was with, they were all from different countries. It was just, wow, this is awesome. And then I came, I came back to the States. I did another short contract for uh, a few weeks in Louisiana just to do something stateside. It was like, yeah, I can actually talk to the people and interact with the people because we speak the same language and from the same kind of the same, this just being from the same country. And then I had another opportunity with the same company a few weeks after that to go to Sharjah, which is in one of the Emirates right next to Dubai. Yeah. And I went there for a couple of weeks for a water show. And then unfortunately after that, I didn't really have any opportunity for another contract to go anywhere. So I had bills to pay. I had life. So then I got a, a real job. And after about six months of that, I was, I was done. So I started training full-time again, just getting back in shape, getting my head back into that realm. And about a, in October of 2014, I got an opportunity to, from the same company that I worked for previous, they knew I wasn't performing or doing anything. And they just were like, hey, we're looking for divers. There's a circus in China. Uh, it's a one-year contract. If you know anybody, let us know. And I didn't even hesitate. I didn't hesitate. I, I signed right up. I, my girlfriend and I split after four and a half years. I quit the job and literally just dropped everything and, and moved to China. And it was the best decision I ever made. Well, so. I can tell I, I like you so much more already just because <laughs> of, of the first thing you said, the first thing you said is why'd you do it? I didn't like the real world. And it's just, it's just, it's so, <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, I love it. I love it. What, what college you go to? Uh, Drexel University. Right. It's yeah. actually where uh, the Junior Olympic program that I was involved in during high school, that was, that's where my program was in Philadelphia. So then I just I applied there. My coach helped me out. I, I really didn't want to, from a diving perspective, I never really saw college as an educational thing. It was like, oh, I can keep diving and I can – at least get a degree doing it. Uh, all right. So I really didn't want to leave my coach at that time. So it, and it, it's a good school. I'm not using the degree at all now, but join, hey. the, club. join the club with about millions of us that, that didn't. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's terrible, <laughs> but Hey, I have it. It's hanging on my wall. My mom's wall. You've performed with circuses internationally, but you've also spent many times performing on a cruise ship. I got to know more about this. I got so, so many questions, but when you think back, if you just summarize your time on cruise ships, what are the first memories that stand out? Good, bad, ugly, the whole bit. What are the ones that stand out? Uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag <laughs> because uh, initially, you, initially it's the whole cast. It's being a super positive one. I, I was fortunate enough to be with two, I did two cruise ship contracts and both of them, our casts were, we, we bonded, we clicked. Almost every single person was on board with, with the other. There was joking, ball breaking. There was crying, laugh. Everything that you can go through 
and you you bond almost instantly with everyone within rehearsals because for the most part everybody's really excited for what's going to happen some half the people you're working with haven't done one yet the other half have experience so you're kind of everyone's learning off of everyone and you it just it, it it's almost like difficult to talk about because it's something I, I really really miss but then you have the other side of cruise ships where you're living and working on a cruise ship you have no escape you you can get off at times when you get to port you can spend a few hours off the ship and fortunately as a performer you have a lot more freedom than other jobs and occupations that other people do and it from the standpoint of being stuck that was that really got to me during my second one and it's also i mean i, I was i was 30 on my last one and over time you it it starts to feel like high school in a way where everybody people know what you're doing before you know what you're doing and the drama and a lot of just a lot of stuff that you, you just don't want to have sure. to deal with some some people have no problems with it and yeah. over time it's like you get off of, away from a contract you're like i'm never going back yeah. but then you're home for two months and you're like and i don't want to be here anymore send send me back i can deal with that with some of the performance you've done especially the group acrobatics that you've done just immense physical strength but also unique strength in the sense of it's it's atypical the things that you do with the gym have to be very specific for what you're doing so how do you stay fit performance level fit but also not overdoing it because performing a lot of shows back to back to back, your body's going to wear and tear as well. So how do you, what's the balance there? Uh, you just kind of like be growing up and being an athlete my whole life. Diving itself has a, a very kind of specific skills, specific routine or specific exercises that I've been doing since I was 12 years old. So you just have to kind of keep maintaining things you have been doing but then at the same time, you are, when you go on these contracts, you're going to be asked to do things that you've never done. You're, but they, they almost always re relate to what your skill is and what your background is. So you just have to adapt. And with a lot of things, it, it takes some time. But compared to, say, the average person or an athlete, like, say, a football player, I'm not going to be able to do what a football player can do but then a football player is not going to be able to do what I can do and be able to adapt to certain skills and certain abilities that you need to try something new. Like I come from a diving background, but I've done aerial, aerial things where I'm hanging off of lights and uh, just really different kind of things and being put in a harness and bungeeing and swinging from the ceiling and just things like that. There, a lot of things relate. And once you kind of get through into the circus realm, your ability to adapt becomes a little easier. And the more you do, the more you're capable of doing. I, I, I think that's what I've observed observed through myself over the last five or six years. Yeah, that that makes sense. So you feel that that adapting helped you when you went from the diving into some of the more acrobatic stuff when you were swinging from things? Definitely. Yeah, it de de definitely helps. How about mentally for your performances and for the shows? Everything's happening so fast. How do you just, I know it probably comes naturally, comes easy, you've done it thousands of times, but 
How do you focus, eliminate distractions, and stay calm with just chaos around you? And, and knowing underlying that you have to be safe, underlying them all. Repetition. And kind of, kind of like what you just said of doing it a thousand times, a lot of it comes natural. And that's the basic skill of thing. Like diving for me, for the most part, everything, I, I, I know how to make a correction. If, if I'm in the middle of the air and I literally, you're in the air for a second and a half to two seconds, things happen from time to time. And you just, you, you naturally just know how to make those corrections when, when they happen. So like that, that's, I think a, the little more detailed things, but then in the bigger scale of being in a show itself, it's the repetition. We go through two or three months of rehearsals, depending on the show, depending on the contract, what's involved, what exactly you're hired for. There's a variety of different things, but you go through the repetition of running the show itself, running certain numbers over and over and over again until you're doing them. And then you're at times you're able to think about what you're going to eat for dinner later, but you're on stage in the middle of a show. It's, it's not good necessarily, but when you're able to put your mind somewhere just for a split second, but your body is doing exactly what it should be doing. I think it's important that that happens and you get to that level. So then when something, if something does happen, you know how to react, you know how to adapt to what the changes are. And if someone gets hurt or something like that, unfortunately it does happen within five minutes, you have to, as a cast, you have to come together and say, okay, you need to go here. You need to go there you know this track, so you have to go in for that person and do this number, and it's chaotic, but it's kind of controlled chaos, and that's also one of the things that is awesome about performing and that I really love about it, too. That's going to be my next question, is if something goes wrong or goes different, how do you forget about it? How do you move on? You kind of answered that, but how do you you move on from something that may have gone not the way you planned? Um, In the moment, it's very cliche, but the show must go on. So in the moment you, for me anyway, I've, I just have to put that behind me. And if it is, sometimes things happen, maybe not like I've had a couple close calls or a couple things that have happened and you just have to put them behind you. And then when the show's over, there's there, your, your job is done for the evening. So then if it, if it affects you, then you take your time. You, you talk with, your your other friends you you talk with your captain the manager your stage manager your lighting like whoever you need to talk to to kind of resolve to calm yourself down to put you back where you need to be that way the next day when you come in to to do a show you're mentally where you want to be and where you need to be ideally and some i i've had i've worked with people where something has happened and it takes them two or three days before they're comfortable getting back on stage. And everyone's different from that sense, I think. So you jokingly mentioned that uh, you've done it enough times with repetition that you could be up there and thinking about what you're going to eat. Were some of those when your mind did stray, was that, Hey, I've got 48 hours leave. Where the heck am I going to get off this damn boat? Oh yeah. I mean, everything can kind of go through. It's not just what you're going to eat for dinner, but usually like, for me personally, a couple instances that something did go wrong. 
I was fortunate that I didn't get hurt. Yeah. It, it was, I, in some senses, I got lucky. But depending on what it is, you, you kind of get that gut feeling like something's a little off here or, or not right. And depending on what it is, you're not able to just pull away and step away. But then there are times where, say, on, on the cruise ship, we work with a – because we have such a small pool and so many different things happening f- constantly, we work with a red light, green light system, especially with the divers, where there's cameras underwater. You have your production manager who's watching the show from a booth and from, almost from a bird's eye view. And there's times where you might walk – you could have the green light. Everything could be completely fine but you walk out on the platform and you're just like, you get that feeling like something's not right. And instead of diving on your music cue or, or your number, whenever you're supposed to go, you turn around and walk off. And one thing that we we've always been told, I've almost always been told every contract, every company that I've worked for, if you get that feeling and you walk away and you explain to us that something happened, we're not going to get mad at you because safe safety comes first. Uh, and especially I think in, in today's, today's performances, you want to take care of, of your people and safety is number one. With so many shows back to back to back, they probably get to be a blur. So for a performance to be stand out, to be memorable, what is that? What is it that goes behind a show that makes it memorable in your mind? Uh, I think first is probably the audience reaction and when, because for me, that's one of the big, yes, I love it. I have a passion for it, but that's why you do it. When you lock eyes with a child, an adult, an old, like a senior citizen, anyone, you lock eyes with that person and they can't move. They're just stuck or they see that you're looking directly at them. And then they, they turn to their friend next to them or their mom. And then they start laughing and giggling and, then they look back at you and you're still in character. And then it's just a, I, I don't, I don't really know what kind of feeling to call it. It's just, it's, it, it I, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. Do you seek out those interactions and those opportunities? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. You, you have times on stage where you're more or less interacting with your cast for that number, but then always, I mean, you're on stage. I mean, unless you're, performing for somebody that's a half a mile away, your audience is right in front of you. So there are many opportunities in a lot of shows where you can turn and you have those moments where you're right in front of the same person for 30 seconds or a minute. And sometimes I like to play, play a game where you look at that person dead in the eye for as long as you can without changing character. And, but you're still performing. You're not giving a different performance per se. You're just, you're finding those moments and those are the special moments that you really, like I, I can still see now people that I performed for four years ago that their face is still in my head and I'm still looking at them and I'm still on stage in costume and in character. And that is, that, that's what fuels, I think, fuels the fire the most. You mentioned memorable performances being crowd interactions. So what country, what city, what location or event Produce the loudest response. The most positive just cheer, roar from the crowd was where? Initially, off the top of my head, probably cruise ships because you have 
such a, you have about 500 people that are people in the front row can at times could reach out and touch you. So you're very close. You get a lot of emotion right there, but then at the same time, sometimes performing for five or 10 people, that's, that's, that can be your best audience. It can also be your worst, but that's when you can really interact with individual individuals. And if they really want to be there, if it's a small venue, some, sometimes the smaller venues are your biggest connection. Yeah. Which of your performances are you the most proud of? I think probably my last cruise ship was probably the one that really hit me the hardest. I was, I was part of only the second cast for that show. It, they were still working out some kinks to make that show what they really wanted. And the cast that we had, every, I think 95% of the people, if not everybody, was all in with that show and they knew what it was. And it was a very, very physical, physically demanding show. The theme of the show was really, really cool. It had a story to tell from start to be, start to the end. And it was... It, it involved everyone and everyone's skill at a high level, high intensity for 50 minutes. Yeah. And that, that one for me really, really hit home the hardest. I, it, I think it would have been the last show I was at the, in the training program at the house of dancing water in Macau. And that was the show that got me performing. That was the top notch. That's where I wanted to go, where I wanted to be. And I made it, but I never got to do a show because of COVID. I just happened to get there literally about three weeks before COVID hit in China. So we went through the training. Our training was extended about to an extent of about six months instead of two and a half to three. And I was there. I learned every number I needed to learn. I learned the transitions. We, we did our own, uh, like a tech run with all the people that were training. So I was basically right there. I just never did it in costume in front of an audience. And for me, I think that that was my proudest performing moment. I think in general was getting there because that's where I wanted to get to. That was the show that, that I, the reason, the show that I dropped everything for that I, left everything in 2014 for so yeah. there's, there's a lot of proud moments i think but i feel that your threshold for excitement is different than the average human you've seen some amazing things things that the average person would see as thrilling you probably see as routine for you and but with that i think you probably your perspective is different so what amazes you when you're performing or what are some examples of things that have amazed you or blown you away by fellow performance or by other shows you've seen the ones that you still are like damn that was cool um, I think because of what I've done and the, the time and dedication and discipline that I've had to put into everything from that perspective, I love watching shows, especially circus type shows, because you're up there because you have a certain ability and you've put in the time, you've put in the dedication, you've put in the work to get to that level. So watching other people do that in in some ways i mean i'm getting chills just kind of talking about it because it you know what those people have been through to get to that level and you it's 
the kind, I think it's the kind of work that you can't fake. You can't say you can do something on paper and then you get on stage. It's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. this is not who we hired. Goodbye. So watching your resume, you can't lie about your resume on this one. No, 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 no. You you, you can tweak some tweak, maybe tweak some things in a sense, but there, you can't lie about what, what your background is and what your strong, your strengths and your weaknesses are. And, you can, but you're not, you're not going to make it because yeah. it's obvious yeah. that when you get up there, that's not what you can do. Yeah. You'll get found out real quick. Travel, you've seen so much of the world. I want to ask you your favorite, but which are the locations that are still with you emotionally that you still think about? And I know that oftentimes you didn't get to explore probably as much as you wanted to, but just in the brief time that you were able to explore as a tourist, which are the locations that are still sticking with you? Uh, number one has got to be China where when I left for my first contract, we were in a circus and I, I still talk to many of the people that I was in there with. I've worked with many of them again. And just, we were all, for the majority of everyone in the circus, we were all at a time in our lives where it was basically a reality show where we were all in the same position. Most of us thought we made it when really we didn't even scratch the surface yet. And just the experiences there of that, that was also, we worked with some people that were there with their families that like where I come from, like I touched on before, it was the image, a lot of what being in the circus is kind of like being a carny. But so that was kind of something that was always in the back of my head, but in getting to China for that first time and seeing people that have been in the circus their whole lives that are circus people that have families, they raise their families, they homeschool their children in that sense. It was like completely eye-opening that you, you can do this. Like it is possible and you don't have to work a nine to five. You don't have to have a car. You don't have to own a house. You, it's, it, it was very relieving in a lot of ways knowing that, all right, I, this isn't impossible. Like I'm, I'm not just chasing something that's not really there. Yeah. So I, I really, that, that contract, I would, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to go through that one year again, <laughs> but it was the best year of my life in, in a sense. Fantastic. How about same question? Food though, the food that you still wake up and you're like, I wish I could have that today. I like, I'm not a picky person. So I like food and I, that's one of the things I really look forward to when I travel. So I, I don't think there's one thing in particular from one area that I would say trumps everything, but there are things from everywhere I've been that for the most part that if I go back somewhere, I'm getting that or yeah. like for some reason, white rice in China with, so- with that soy sauce in the dingy cafeteria that we were in with a little bit of hot sauce. You can't get, I've never got that anywhere else. I've tried, I've looked other places or the dumplings you get for 50 cents and you get a whole plate of dumplings. I've gotten dumplings all over. They're not like that. So it's, there's a variety to, to everything. And every place I've been has things that I, that I like to take away from it. Yeah. Well, I hope that when I do see you perform, I hope it's in China and then I'll be sure to get the white rice and the dumplings as well. (laughs) experience for you. What's next? What do you got coming up? I know as things start to open up and shows begin to resume, what's next for you? Any performances coming up or anything else we should be on the lookout for? 
I, I really wish I was able to, to give you an answer there, but un- unfortunately for me, where everything that I've been through, the, more or less the last five or six years, I've been the struggling performer and I, it was amazing. I wouldn't take anything back, but every time, every contract, every new contract I've went on, I've progressed. I've learned something new. I've gotten better. Not saying that I wouldn't, you'll, I'll never stop learning, even if I were to take a step back. But I'm at a point in my life now where I can't necessarily go back to making very minimal money, working in a circus, trying to make it to the next point. So now it's just try to maintain, keep training as much as I can directly related to what my abilities are, and just hope that there are shows that open up that are direct that are directly related to me and I can relate to them that I have a chance at more or less being able to make a living performing again. And I think that's going to be the hardest, the hardest thing for me on top of not knowing when I'm going to be able to perform again. And I I haven't fully accepted it yet. Well, let me ask you that then with all the shows being canceled and and just having to change everything and, not knowing the future, not having the uncertainty, like you just mentioned, what do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last 12 months? Have a backup plan. Backup plan. Okay. Have, have something that you can fall back on. Uh, that was always the plan when I left that my degree, I was going to fall back on. Realistically, I don't know how to use my degree, unfortunately, in a sense, but I've always been very hands-on, very physical uh, in between contracts, when I when I come home, one of my best friends he he owns his own business and flipping houses and doing home improvement work. And I've been fortunate enough that even though that was only side work and just something to make to make some extra money while I was home, that has now become what I've been doing for the last nine months with him directly, and that's allowed me. I'm moving to Tampa in, at in two weeks and. I'm, I got a full-time job painting. So for me, I've been able to fall back on that. Even though it was indirect, it, it was something I was able to fall back on and something that I'm, I'm happy that I took the time to learn and to develop another skill in a sense that was offstage. True. Hoping I never had to fall back on it, but things happen. Things happen, pandemics happen, but you're a performer and I know that you'll be back performing soon and I look forward to that. I'll be sure to, to, to catch you on a show. How can people stay up to date with your life and your journey and just stay up to date with everything that you're doing? Ideally, social media. Inst- Instagram is probably the best bet or my YouTube videos. I don't, I'm not, I, I don't put out videos like maybe a couple a year, but yeah. it's just a kind of idea, especially when I'm performing. I try to stay up to date and just keep myself relevant in the industry because that that's very important within the industry as well. Your Instagram handle and your YouTube names are Ian Djev. So my a little a little bit of all my names combined together, but it, it right now it, they've kind of taken my social media has kind of taken a backseat as I'm going through a totally new life transition and. My, those, my social media accounts were primarily performance-based and what I've been, been doing from, from that standpoint. So I, uh, 
I'm in the middle of this transition right now, so I'm not quite sure what's going to be next and how it's going to happen. I know where I'm going, what I'm going to be doing, but I know that that's also not end-all be-all for what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And I'll always be on stage. I think I'm always going to look for even once every few months, if I get a gig to get in front of some people that I need to stay on stage. I want to stay in front of people and continue that, that fire that burns inside for that. I think it's always going to be burning inside of you and you are a performer. And I look forward to you locking eyes with somebody, making that connection (laughs) with someone at the next show. I just enjoy kind of talking about what I've done. It's a very unique, different uh, industry. It's something that a lot of people, they, they see Cirque du Soleil on TV or they know Barnum and Bailey circus, but they don't know anything about it. Very few people outside the industry know anyone that's involved in it. So I, I enjoy bringing to light Cirque what I can and my experiences through circus and making that known to people in a sense and knowing that it's possible. And I tell other divers and other people that are interested that want to get involved into performing. And it's like, you have to want it because if you don't want it, it's very, again, speaking through my experiences, I was relentless in trying to get the next contract in trying to keep my progression moving forward to get to where I wanted to get to and enjoying the journey, but pushing through the journey to get to where I wanted. And it's, you have to want it. I think it's not just going to be handed to you in a sense. So I, I want people to, to know that it's possible. Yeah. Well, I think you have done a great job of highlighting the true talent that is needed for a circus and, and dispelling some of the rumors, like you said, getting rid of the perception of it just being a carny aspect and more of the performance. I think you've done a great job of that. This was so cool, man. I love your personality. I've learned a lot, but I also just enjoy chatting with you. It was cool. Yeah. Thank you. You, you as well. I'm, I'm happy. I'm really happy you took the time and wanted to speak to me about it. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm always open to, to talk about it and just put it out there. I was a big fan of yours from the second you said, I don't want, you know, the real, the normal life. <laughs> but thanks for today, man. You're a great person. Great, great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You, you as well. Thank you. I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with me and, and, and listen a little bit. Because like I said, I just like to put it out there and, and, let, and let people know that it's possible. Yeah. Well, let's do it again, whether it be on this or in person. One of the two, we'll do it again. Definitely. Sounds good. Keep in touch. Perfect. Thanks for today. All right. Cheers. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to my man Ian. Thank you for the great conversation. Look forward to seeing you perform again soon. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from any given runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son.